fans, Mark Daniels welcoming you to this week's edition of our Around the Kingdom podcast. We get not one, but two of our UCF coaches to join us. And today we focus on the world of golf. And up first, Bryce Walter is the uh, head coach of the men's golf team at uh, UCF. And uh, normally we would have golf and uh, conference championships and things like that to talk about. But uh, uh, what is life like for you right now? How are, how are you getting by day to day as we deal with all this stuff? Uh, I'm doing fine. Obviously, this is this is a difficult time for our community, you know, for our country, for the world, and um, you know, in, in our own little circle here at home, everybody's healthy. All my family's healthy, and and uh, you know, it's just trying to do what we can from from our house and and stay safe, and you know, reach out to our kids and talk to them, and and just take it day to day. Uh, do you remember when you know you learned? Hey, that's it. We're done for a season. And and what what was that like? And your message to your team because you're you know going into the that, that kind of prime of the spring schedule, gearing up for a uh, conference championship and hopefully the NCAA's. Um, what was that like? Uh, yeah, we were we were headed up to a golf tournament uh, to play at Mission Inn about an hour away, and and we heard from our sport administrator and and from. From Dr. White, and they kind of reached out to us and say, "Hey, we think, you know, we think you guys are going to be coming home, but head up there and and see how the event plays out." And and that event got canceled. Um, you know, over the next four, five, six days, things kind of played out from a standpoint of, "Hey, we'll we'll stay here at school. You know, we'll we'll keep." practicing and, and see what goes on and then we went into a little bit of a run of we'll stay here at school but we're going to stop practice and then you know there was a you know a decision made by the university to try and get everyone home with their family and and so it it, it just kind of took a step-by-step basis over you know a week to 10 days there and um, you know we, we were with the student athletes our assistant coach and I and and you know, just kind of got to walk them through the process and 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 uh, just try to get them in a safe place and and then figure out how you move forward. Um, again, there's so many unknowns, Bryce, but um, ha- have you uh, uh, coaches in, in college golf and uh, you know other folks in this sport talked about everybody may have to make some adjustments. You look at calendars and things like that. We're talking about delaying maybe football, fall sports. Have you guys just kicked around ideas about because you're a two-semester uh, two sport. You got a fall season, spring season. Have you guys kicked around scenarios of what a schedule will look like? Clearly, we're in a state that you could play golf 12 months a year, maybe some advantages for us, but have you gone down that path of what scheduling might look like next year? You know, we sure have. Um, a, lo- a lot of Southern teams are going to run north and play in some events around the country, maybe get out of Florida, get out of some of that rainy season into, you know, into some better weather, you know, for a month or so. And there's not a lot of tournament golf in the Southeast. So uh, myself, the coach at North Florida, the coach at South Florida, you know, we have discussed you know, kind of a contingency plan. What if we can't fly? What if, uh, you know, we don't begin until the month of October? You know, how do we plan a season? How do we plan a schedule? Uh, so we have been messaging each other back and forth and reaching out to contacts at golf courses and, and just trying to have that backup plan, you know, if things as normal don't don't start. UCF men's uh, head coach of our golf team, uh, Bryce Walter, is uh, with us. I want to go back to the fall because um, uh, you bring a team together and you guys play about as good as a fall as you can have. Uh, the team finishes third. Um, 
Then you win an event in Connecticut. You finish fifth in Nebraska. And then, the, you know, the marquee fall uh, event is at Iowa at the Tavistock uh, Collegiate. Uh, the best golf programs in the country come there. And your team does more than hold its own. Um, it wins. Um, as you look back now a few months, what, what, what stands out? What are you most proud of about the team effort? Uh, you know, it's a very young group of guys, and I uh, talk to them about our experience, you know, over the decade that I've had here running that event, coaching that event, um, and and how the golf course transforms and how it changes from day-to-day golf uh, when we play Isleworth, and then what a tournament Isleworth golf course looks like. Um, and as, as that golf course firms up, the greens speed up, um, it, it you have to change how you play it from how the kids go out and play it, you know, each and every day. So they did a really nice job for a young team of listening to both myself and our assistant coach about strategy and what angles to take and, and what pins to go for, what pins to be conservative on. And, and then they just putted better than I've seen any college golf team putt before. Uh, we had a, a second place in that tournament a number of years ago with our number six ranked team, um, who was a special group. And, and, you know, then to, to kind of run away with it um, was, I think, pretty outstanding for, for he ended up with sophomores and freshmen, you know, and a really, really young group. Yeah, we talked with Johnny Trevally recently, and he talked about just, the, you know, for him to, to, to play as well as he did and the team. And against the team you guys built is nothing more than a great uh, confidence builder. Bryce, can you share a little bit, uh, you know, uh, your roster, and, and there's some sports in, in, in collegiate athletics that are designed to have an international flavor, but what is it like when you are recruiting players, not just in the state, the region, or the country, but across the globe? Sure. That, yeah, that's just something that, that I learned to do early on in my career. Uh, we, we obviously want to focus at home. We want to focus in Orlando. We want to focus in Florida. We want to recruit the best athletes that we can, and we do that. Um, and unfortunately, from time to time, we miss out on, on some pretty good talent that is right here and is homegrown. And when we do that, the next step is to try and figure out where we can have, you know, apples to apples in talent with you know, big teams around the country, SEC programs that we compete against. How do we get that same talent? And that's going to come from different corners of the country, you know, different corners of our world. Um, and I've just had a, a long experience of looking at different countries, looking at different high school transcripts, knowing who's eligible, knowing when a player who might come from Great Britain is can graduate when they're 16 years old with GCSEs. Um, just understanding that, that process and where we can look for and the connections that we have to find players. And I certainly think over the years, we've certainly put some great international talent up with our American talent and built some good teams. College golf has grown. All collegiate sports have. But, but Bryce, the, the, the skill set of a player that you get today, I would imagine it's never hit the ball further, um, probably has more tournament competition uh, than ever. We see so many young players, and you know better than me, the prime of a pro golfer, which used to be late 20s, early to mid 30s, now has shifted, and we see so many players in the young and mid 20s. Um, how has that impacted college golf? How much better is the quality and depth uh, today than it was 10, 20 years ago? Yeah, I think the parity in our sport is enormous. Um, you know, I, I think there are a lot of guys, as you said, that are super athletic. I think a lot of athletes now are gearing towards golf. Uh, you know, for myself, I, I played Pop Warner football and, and Little League baseball, high school football, high school basketball, and golf. 
and players now that are athletic are, are just focusing on golf and, and they're doing the proper training for it. Uh, the club head speed is off the charts. The technology to train a player and give them immediate accurate feedback is there and it's readily available. Um, and, and guys develop quickly. Uh, for the first time ever, you know, I had a player come in as a freshman that played in a PGA Tour event. Um, and that was a first for me this year uh, in Juan Delgado. So you're looking at guys who are young. You're looking at guys who have no fear. Uh, they certainly are athletic, and they are well-educated in what they're doing. So I think there is a lot of talent out there, and then it's it's just kind of who wants it, who wants to work for it, and maybe sometimes who has the right plan. All right, you just kind of tease a little bit, so let me go back. Tell me about uh, a Bryce Walter High School athlete at Cranston East, which I believe the Thunderbolts? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, just uh, you know, a, a run of the mill kid. Uh, I had a dad that played some college football and, and was really into sports. I had a mom that uh, rode equestrian, um, you know, what was athletic, was a runner. Um, and just my parents guided us to sports. And uh, like I said, played Pop Warner football. I think I put that helmet on for the first time at maybe eight or nine. Um, had a lot of fun my first year in that uh, we won a a state championship. I think we went 13 and 0. Um, you know, love to play baseball, love to play basketball. You know, you, you can't play golf year round in Rhode Island. So um, we did some other things, and, and my parents were super supportive of it. And then golf was just something that um, I kind of grew into, and I got better at it as I went along, and um, you know, really found a passion for it in high school and into college. And you know, I've enjoyed coaching. You know, over the last 20 years. We don't like uh, a Cranston West, the Falcons, right? That's our arch rivals. Oh no, no, those are those <laughs> are the those are the guys we didn't enjoy seeing. Um, but obviously, you gravitated to to to, to golf. Um, as you look back, what what what? Uh, it, who inspired you? I mean, outside of your parents and motivate all of us, but I mean, were there certain either professional players in golf or even other sports that kind of motivated you along the way? You know, I had a grandfather that played golf, um, and my dad, you know, dabbled in it a little bit, but it wasn't kind of a family thing. And um, I, I took I took my dad's brand new golf clubs. I was a young kid, and you know, not not overly smart. I don't know how old I was, maybe seven or eight, and I thought that on the old wooden woods they had a metal bottom to them and I would whack them on the concrete driveway under the basketball hoop and make them spark and I kind of thought it was funny and I ruined a few of my dad's golf clubs and at that time he bought me a set of clubs and um, off I went. I just like going out there um, you know, and, and just enjoying the game and, and I didn't have much instruction um, and then when I got into the college times I uh, worked with a guy by the name of Phil Secto who was a big teacher in our area, had played in some tour events himself, and I started to learn a little bit more about the game and then became a better player. All right, we're going to get you out of here with five simple questions, okay? Painless. Sure. So here we go. Bryce Walter, the men's uh, golf coach at UCF. Question one, uh, the TV series that your players might be surprised that you enjoy watching. Oh, i got to be perfectly frank with you. I don't subscribe to cable television, and I don't watch much television. So we'll just stick with the uh, uh, the golf channel then. We'll go with that. Is yeah, that good? Yeah, I wouldn't have that, to be honest with you. If, if my antenna will get a, a PGA Tour event you know, on the weekend, I might sit down and watch it a little bit. Uh, is there a certain type of music that would be your hype music before a round of golf? 
Uh, no, I really love all kinds of music, from from rap to opera to country uh, to old rock and roll. Um, so, you know, anything that kind of fits the mood of the day, but I uh, really have an eclectic uh, taste for music. In the golf bag playing an intense round of golf, you would likely find what snack in your bag? A peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Simple go-to, nothing wrong with that. Your memory of your greatest golf shot was what? Um, I remember when I was a young professional, I had won a golf tournament, um, and I won our Rhode Island State Open, and I remember hitting a poor drive, and I remember getting a very fortunate ruling where there was something in the in my line of play, and I got a drop to the side of a hole, and when I got that drop, I made a birdie. Uh, had I not got that drop, my line would have been impeded, and I wouldn't have been able to play out that way, um, and I remember that as just a very fortunate moment and having some good luck. Uh, that led to a, a really, really good day for me. It's a table for four. You get to pick someone in sports that you want at that table, whether still with us or long past, someone that's not in sports, and the person that you want to bring along to meet the two. Uh, i got to say I would like to meet Michael Jordan. Um, just think he's one of the most outstanding athletes I ever had a chance to watch um, and we're learning more and more about him and his legacy, you know, right now through, through, uh, you know, sports news, um, a person not in golf, um, or even not in sports. Yeah. Yeah. Not in sports or not in golf, maybe a Warren Buffett, you know, Hmm. someone who, uh, you know, could give me some more good guidance on investing and and taking care of my family and, and the rest of my life. Um, and I certainly, you know, think from an athletic standpoint, uh, just to have my dad there to listen to both of those things, uh, I think would be a really cool thing. That's a table for four right there. Bryce, thanks for the time. Stay safe. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot. You be safe. Thank you. Kingdom podcast and going from men's golf to women's golf. Emily Marin is head coach for UCF and joins us and her team also uh, had high expectations and looking forward this time of year, uh, which on the calendar you would have just finished up the conference tournament uh, and then the NCAAs uh, down the line. So first, what has it been like um, you know, as a coach to have a season shut down like this and, and as far as your communication with your players? Yeah, obviously it's been tough for all of us. It's been a whirlwind of emotions from frustrated to sad to maybe, you know, just looking forward to the future and and not knowing what the future holds. So I keep telling everybody as a coach, I think we're all in the same boat. We always think we can have all the answers and, you know, your whole life, you think if you work harder, if you practice harder, you'll have that good outcome. And right now there's nothing we can do. And that's the most frustrating part is we just don't have a lot of answers. And I know the girls were disappointed. We were kind of trending in an in an upward way and excited for postseason. Uh, looking back last year, what we did, the girls were all back on the team and we were excited about that, but it is what it is. This is a hand we're dealt and we have to make the best of it. Um, about this team, as you said, you were playing well, trending upward. As you look ahead to next season and whatever form we'll get to that schedule, uh, the bulk of this team comes back though. So, so what do you take away from this year that as you excited as we look towards uh, next year? 
Yeah, everyone's back, and we add uh, two really good players, uh, one from England, Jess Baker, and another girl from France, Camille Van Zant. We just signed her, so they're all excited. Um, I, I think it could be the best team we've ever had. So, you know, again, we're all just anxious and eager to get there and hope that that, that can actually happen next year. And, you know, the good thing is about golf, um, a lot of them have been practicing, you know, the social distancing thing. It's, it seems like golf's acceptable, and we've been able to get out, and they, they can play. Uh, we have girls all over the world, too from we have Japan and Thailand and Spain, uh, France and UK. So we're all over the world. We try to stay in touch with them. Obviously, social media helps with that and, you know, Zoom sessions and things that we can do to at least be keeping in touch with them. But it's, it's nice that they can at least some of them are out to playing and practicing. So that, that's a good distraction. What's the challenge of coaching a team sport where there has to be a little bit of a focus on individual play because everybody wants to help a team win. But in your sport, there's an individual competition. Players have a desire to play at the next level. How do you deal with that? Yeah, it's not as tough as you think because a lot of the players we have come from international teams where they've played for team golf. You know, next year we have Jess Baker coming. She's right now, she's on the English national team. Uh, Camille plays for the French national team and they take great pride in that. So, you know, in the U S we don't do that as much. So I think our international players have really almost taught us about that. Um, they, they do their own thing, but when they come together and we go to a tournament, you know, they're playing for one thing and that's UCF. And I think we experienced that last year at regionals more than ever, you know, to advance to the national championship, those girls, those five were, absolutely playing for UCF and nothing else. I mean, that back nine, it didn't matter if they made one mistake. We said, keep moving forward. It doesn't matter if you make a mistake. This is for the team. Just move forward. And I've never seen anything like that. Um, you know, we clearly weren't a, a favorite going into to regionals last year. And d- that that was the difference. They played as a team. They didn't play for themselves. They played for UCF. And that's, that's why we got to the national championship. How does that shift uh, goals and expectations? I mean, every year you want to play at a level like that, but when you have a season like that i would imagine it changes the confidence level of all and expectations how, how did that impact the program yeah i think it only was a positive for us i mean our goals and values never change i mean we always have our set goals and values that we play to but i just think it's a, a different excitement level every single tournament the girls this year talked about getting back to nationals and you know you have to be there once right you, you've got to get there and experience and see what it's like and now know our season doesn't end at whether it's conference or regionals. The expectation now is to play till the end of May. And, you know, that you just get there by the process, as, as any coach would say. You just stick to our values and our, our core values as a team, and good things will happen. Uh, you've mentioned about international players. I asked Bryce this, so let me ask you. Um, college golf has certainly grown, and uh, you've been around the sport long enough that it is amazing how you are able to recruit internationally and, and and the brand of UCF and, and you don't have to necessarily get on a plane to travel across the globe but how has international recruiting grown and changed even in recent years where you have an ability of, of finding players all over the place Yes, yeah, some of them come here, but lots of times now we're able to go over there, and that's just because of obviously increased funding across the board. I mean, now we have bigger budgets in athletic departments where a lot of coaches have the ability to travel worldwide. And I just think technology, you know, even with this pandemic going on, I've been talking to girls all over the world. Uh, we're having a Zoom session next week with a young lady from South Africa with her mom, and we're going to do a walking tour of campus. We, the world has become smaller because of technology and just with social media 
media, you know, they're able to see our page, my page personally, they almost get to know us without even ever meeting us. Um, so, and, you know, with technology of keeping up with live scores on golf tournaments and we can see stuff around the world that we weren't able to do in 15. Um, when, when, when you put a schedule together, what's that like? I mean, it's different than I think what some people uh, might view of a football, basketball, or baseball schedule. What's your strategy in putting a schedule together? Yes. Our relationship with other coaches. Uh, when we get invited, I mean, it's just like, you know, a tournament you go play in, it's an invitation. Have a set schedule other than the conference championship. That's the only thing that's set in our schedule. The rest of it's up to me just – um, you know, having relationships with coaches and obviously our team has had a lot of success. So, you know, the, the best teams want us at, at their events and we want them at ours. And it's kind of a trade off. You do a lot of reciprocals of, Hey, we'll invite you to our tournament. If you invite ours, us to yours. And, you know, that, that's what I take great pride in is making sure I'm giving UCF the best possibility to be highly ranked so we can get to that regionals and nationals. And that's just, you know, hard work on my end, but then on the girls part, just, well so we get the respect and have a strong schedule can i go back a little bit can, can, mm-hmm. can i go back to um uh, johnstown pennsylvania <laughs> yeah okay so so tell me what life is like for you growing up and 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 what led to golf in a golf family my dad's side of the family all played golf my dad was a scratch golfer and he had three brothers and i was the only girl ever play, playing golf in our area uh, we grew up on a golf course so i basically just walked across the street and my the people will say to my parents how'd you get emily into golf and they say she got into it because my sister never played she grew up in the same house and my sister never touched you know i just loved it from from the time i've been about six or seven years old my, my parents would say we couldn't keep her away from it so i played on what was then the boys high school golf team I was the only girl and then the next year my cousin Leah joined the team so we were the two girls but they don't have still they don't have a girls team at our high school they just have a golf team so the first tournament I ever went to and freshman in high school there was 96 boys and me I was the only girl there and I didn't play very well and I remember coming home in, in tears almost and my dad just said no if, you, if you're going to do this you're going to at least play the whole season so I'm so glad that you know he continued to push me to go ahead and you know not be afraid to compete with the boys and it's just it's a great sport in that sense that you can get the respect from you know just going out and playing and keeping up with them and you know even when I played with my dad and my uncles I played from the same tees and they they didn't take it easy on me by any means so I had to keep up with them and that's kind of how it all started you know what I found out about Johnstown Pennsylvania (laughs) I found out two of the greatest sports movies ever made were shot oh, yeah. in yeah all the right <laughs> moves with Tom Cruise and Empire <laughs> yeah. School, which is phenomenal and then slap shot the greatest yeah. I mean are you kidding me like I want yeah, you right. to take me back home and walk me around <laughs> and show me everything that's uh, that's awesome yeah it's pretty, it's a it's a pretty it's a kind of a town that's been forgotten now obviously with you know industry there died out in about the 70s or 80s but my parents still live there and right now the golf courses are all closed in Pennsylvania so my dad's not playing golf but why Penn State um, it was the only school, to be honest, Mark, in, in the state of Pennsylvania with Division One college golf. I would have went to the University of Pittsburgh, hands down. I, I grew up a basketballer, too. My dad played for a small D3 school basketball back in uh, western Pennsylvania, and I grew up loving basketball. I played on the varsity team. I scored over 900 points in high school. I thought I was going to be a basketball star, <laughs> but I was too short and too slow, so I stuck to golf. But, um, yeah, I would have went to the University of Pittsburgh. I loved it. I had a little – I had a basketball hoop that said Pitt and a trash can. 
game, but they didn't have women's golf. They, they still don't sponsor women's golf. So um, I, I went to Penn State and loved it when I went on campus. As you know, I walked on the team. The, the coach said, hey, you know, we'll give you a walk-on spot. And I, I uh, made the team the first week there and then traveled within my first month there. I traveled, which was unexpected um, for me and for the coach, I'm sure. And I loved it there. Obviously went on to coach there too. And um, and so proud to, to be a Penn Stater and, and just um, – you know, that's kind of where my heart will always be. But, um, yeah, it all just kind of fell into place for me. People say all the time, would you have thought you'd be here, you know, as a Division One college coach? And I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I just kind of went with the plan and worked hard and, and always had to work for everything I got. I was never handed anything. And I, I just, uh, yeah, Penn State's where it all started for me. It's almost eight years since you've been at UCF. What, what, what are you most proud of and what do you like about UCF that you think has helped you develop as well? Um, obviously our conference championships stand out and, and growing last year and making the national championship. I mean, any coach would, would, that would stand out, but really, you know, the relationships I've had with my players over the years and, um, just seeing overall our athletic department grow. I mean, I think Danny has done great things in the past four years for us. And, you know, I, I tell everybody now being here eight years, we used to walk into airports and people would say, Oh, you guys, Cal Fullerton, or are you guys the fight club? They didn't even know what UCF is. And now we walk through airports and people say, go nights and everywhere we go, Literally, because we get to travel all over the country. People know who UCF is. They, they say go night. So that's been the coolest thing is to kind of see the whole department kind of transform and grow into this uh, recognizable brand. Uh, your sport is a two-semester sport, and nobody knows where we're headed. I think we all agree we're getting better. We're going to make some progress, and hopefully we get ourselves back to um, normalcy. I'm sure you've thought about this, the different scenarios of what, from a scheduling standpoint, uh, may be. Have you and fellow coaches ha- had discussions about what might be of a 2020-21 uh, college golf season? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple scenarios. I mean, obviously, we're a spring championship sport, so we could delay until the spring and, and maybe just do that. Hopefully, we'll get a fall season in. The University of Florida coach uh, talked to me last week about, hey, you know, could we host a tournament here in the fall if we only can be in the state of Florida or if we have teams drive? So, you know, I think all the coaches were definitely – putting our heads together and trying to figure it out. We just want to make sure these kids have a great experience and, and do whatever we can to make this happen in a safe way. Let me end with uh, uh, a few questions uh, that perhaps some of your players might want to know and maybe our fans <laughs> as well, okay? Um, right now, if I said the, the, the band or the type of music that you're listening to during our time of isolation is who? Oh, man, I jam out a lot in my garage when I work out just to Drake or to, you know, I put on some even some 90s hip hop. You know, I I like to throw it back a little bit to some run DMC and, you know, some 90s music. But, um, yeah, anything that can kind of pump me up um, when when we're doing these garage workouts. I've been doing a lot of those. (laughs) You know how old I feel when you said throw it back to the 90s? I thought you were going to throw it back to the 80s. It would have been more for Uh, me, but that's okay. You can throw it back to the 90s. Um, the, 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 The snack or candy that you should not eat but it's a weakness and you end up going to it is what uh, my players know this peanut peanut butter m&ms you know the peanut m&ms I, I just stopped eating them last week i just threw them away <laughs> it is impossible by the way not the large family size you can't open a single the the, the smaller size and not finish the whole bag or box oh. right 
You can't. Uh, maybe. I, uh, maybe. I don't know. Um, something in your life that you want to do that you've not yet done, whether that is to travel someplace, accomplish some sort of feat, something that you want to do. Uh, not not sports related, not golf related. No. Um, Climb a mountain, go to a certain place, a vacation somewhere, or uh, reach a milestone in your workout, or something like that. I would think it'd be to travel to Asia. You know, we've had a lot of players in Japan. I have one in Thailand. I've never been to the Asian country, so I'd love to be able to go. I've had former players. Now we have two from Japan. So maybe to get to that part of the world eventually when things open up and, and kind of see their culture. Um, we've had players all over the world. So that, that's kind of my goal is to get to their countries and kind of see um, how they live with their families. I think that's kind of cool. Favorite golf course that you have played and a golf course that you've not played that you hope to play someday? Um, we all want to play Augusta, but that's a, a pipe dream. But favorite course I've played, um, probably it stands out to me is Johnstown, Pennsylvania, Sunny Hannah Country Club. I mean, if I stand on the first tee at Sunny Hannah, our home course back there when I was in college, I have so many good memories, and I would play that course every day if I could. So that's probably my favorite. Bonus points for hometown course. Okay, I asked <laughs> Bryce this. Let me ask you on the way out. There's a table for four. You get to choose somebody in sports, whether with us or past, somebody not in sports, whether with us or past, and you get to bring somebody along to be part of that table of four. Fill out the table. Um, I'd bring my dad, and I would do probably Arnold Palmer and um, probably a female golfer. So I'm thinking like Mickey Wright. Something like that. I know people don't know who that is, but um, yeah, I do a golf table and bring my dad, Arnold Palmer, and probably Mickey Wright. You yeah. kept it all golf. That's okay. Yeah, that's okay. I, I um, I'd like to bring Craig T. Nelson to talk about all the right moves and and, and what <laughs> yeah. it was like. Um, Emily, thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, um, we'll get back playing sometime soon, and and hopefully normalcy is sooner than later. And uh, you stay safe. We appreciate it. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Stay safe. Emily Marin is the uh, uh, head uh, coach of our uh, women's uh, golf team. And uh, thanks uh, to both uh, Bryce and Emily for joining us on the program. uh, Around the Kingdom podcast. Uh, we thank our good friends, uh, Dan Forsella back at uh, UCF, and uh, Scott Harris also producing uh, in the studio as well. Follow all of us on our social media platforms to keep up with night news and the many great content uh, uh, items that are out there for night fans to enjoy. Until next time, Mark Daniels, thank you for joining us in the Around the Kingdom podcast. Go Knights! Charging.